This is the EVP Podcast. Welcome, welcome, welcome everybody to another episode of the EVP Podcast. I am one of your hosts, Beaker. I am another host, Ghosty. And I am the next other host, DVO. Welcome. To the EVP Podcast. I just like saying it. Podcast. (laughs) Welcome to the podcast. Podcast. Welcome to the show. You guys want to hear an interesting story? Nope, I hate interesting yeah, stories. Yeah, shut up. Yeah, uh, me too. <laughs> <laughs> Do tell. Uh, Does it involve so, an, uh, yeah. No, but, uh, uh yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> so I was uh, listening to another podcast. How dare you? I know. Why do people you. act like that's a bad thing if good. we like recommend other podcasts? Or I, don't, wait, I never podcasts. heard people say it. Ba- My a bad old thing. show, they did that. Because they're haters. Yeah, they're haters. Hater aid. Well, one person was a hater. They drank their hater raid. Okay, sorry. But I was listening to another podcast. It's podcast? actually, um, oh gosh, what's the name of the podcast? It's anyway. It was ho- it's hosted by Tom Papa, hilarious comedian. You guys should check him out. Comedian. Yep. Love Tom Papa. Yeah, he I'll had, definitely check out the podcast you don't know the name of. Um, gosh, just hit Tom Papa. Tom Papa. But do you guys know Leslie Jones? She no. was on SNL. Yes. I don't watch that yes. show. She's also very hilarious. She was the one. She was the um, Ghostbusters, right? She's on the Ghostbusters, the remake of Ghostbusters. Which one was she? Flat um, top. Yeah, she's got a flat top. Yeah, she, I just remember Melissa McCarthy and Kristen Wiig. And there's two more. <laughs> I don't remember their names either. Well, you just said one of them. Leslie Jones, yes. Breaking Bread with Tom Papa. That's the that's the podcast. And Leslie Jones was on, and she was talking about the Bermuda Triangle. And then? It's an interesting story. And then she then, mentioned our podcast. What's that? Then she mentioned our podcast. Yeah, she she she's like, I was listening to the EVP podcast. It's funny because her and Tom both went on a rant about the EVP podcast and how big fans they are. That's about right. And how we were talking about, about the Bermuda right. Triangle in a couple episodes. And then Leslie said, I've got a Bermuda Triangle story. <laughs> So, thanks for listening, Leslie and Tom. Appreciate We're self-proclaimed guys. famous. Yes. <laughs> We've decided. Well, this is a story about eels. Eels. Besides that they're delicious, what else do you guys know about eels? They're Unagi. They're yes. slippery. They're very slippery. They're, they're made slippery. of batteries. Well, did you know that we don't know how they procreate? What do you mean not, we don't know? This how is they old procreate. news. This is old news. We don't I, know. I didn't say it was breaking news. I we just said don't you know a story. how they procreate. No, I only know they this. swim into the Bermuda Triangle. They don't have reproductive organs, so they swim into the Bermuda Triangle, and then a whole bunch more eels come out. I actually saw this on TikTok like a month ago. Oh, did you? Yeah, yeah. interesting. It was, like, right? it was like one of those science facts that that blows their, your mind or something. Yeah, something so, like that. Yeah, they don't have reproductive organs. What they, about they other swim. eels that don't go to the ocean? They all no, they all do. They all go to, to salt and fresh worst. water. They go in salt and fresh water. Yeah, they're like the only amphibious. No, so amphibious, they, yeah, they're, they're, they're aquatic hatched. animal that goes salt and fresh. Yeah, no, they're, 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 they're so they're 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 basically hatched in salt water, then they go up into fresh water. And they're being hatched out of the Bermuda Triangle. Yes. Mm-hmm. Out of out of the uh, the the black hole that's in there. Out of the Bermuda Triangle. The underwater volcano. The spookiness of the triangle. The gas. Now I'm... Your alien, your alien beacon. They's it's going drawn crazy. to the alien See? beacon. See? It's going crazy. They have more the, interesting stories about the Bermuda they Triangle. They have the ill sex. 
Yes. What? I just thought eels just shot babies out. Like, yeah, I don't. I think they've like <laughs> dissected eels and stuff like that, and there's like no reproductive organs. They don't know how they do. They've never found a pregnant eel. Never found eggs or it's, it's, live bearing. Yeah, it's a science. It's a mis- science another mystery. mystery an okay. unknown mystery of the Bermuda Triangle. Dun dun dun. <laughs> All eels, like every eel from every corner of the world. That. I don't know about that, but. The ones that go to the Bermuda Triangle. The ones that go to the Bermuda Triangle. <laughs> Just those ones. Just those ones. That go to the Bermuda Triangle, which is okay. all the eels from everywhere, ever. <laughs> That's what I want to know. Every look, eel look, known stop. to man. This is not the episode look, for that. Stop asking Every... the hard questions. <laughs> I want science. I'm just and I want it you. now. <laughs> we just want you to blindly follow what we say. Damn it! Make me a meme, and I will. <laughs> I'll follow me. Yeah, I'll believe a meme all day. <laughs> eels have triangle sex. Have you heard that eels have triangle? <laughs> what? <laughs> Shout it from the mountains. <laughs> oh, yeah. Everyone shared this. <laughs> Can I get it? Oh yeah. Can I get it? Yes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Eels and their love triangles with themselves. <laughs> All right. That is good to know. I'm, I'm <laughs> yeah. going to use that facts That's for That's useless reference. information that you have now. Uh, I have so much useless information. <laughs> I'm adding that to the bank. <laughs> Beaker, you have a story to share. I do. Another different story. Yes. Not about eel sex. Um, it's not about eel sex. It's about slippery, Can we turn slippery it sex. Can we turn it into eel sex later? Um, no. We'll find a way. We'll I mean, find we probably could, but I don't know that we should. Oh, okay. All right. So okay. this story, actually, I talked about it briefly at the end of the last episode. This story is kind of a continuation from, her name is Josie. She told me uh, we could use her name. Hi, Josie. Uh, so she had actually, we had talked about her on a previous episode where she talked about her experience with sleep paralysis and possible alien um, sighting. And so she actually emailed us again about a month ago. We're just we're getting into it now, just we finding time to work it into one of the shows. Um, so she basically says, and I'm I may or may not read this offer verbatim. It is kind of a long email, but, but basically, which her, we do appreciate, by the way, we do like more yes. information, more details, the better. Yeah, we we uh, we do love hearing your stories. So before we get into this, um, if you do have a story that you'd like to share with just the three of us, or if you'd like to share it on the air. Um, or have us shared on the air, you can reach us at evp.pod at gmail.com. We're also at evp.pod on the social medias of Instagram and the Facebook. Yes. Um, you can message us there as well. So Josie says uh, her experience began when she was about 14 years old. Her and her family had uh, recently moved, and she was kind of into the goth style, and she loved hard music, dark clothes, uh, chains, and accessories. Now, um, not knowing what she knows now, um, she thought that being goth, you must be all about Satan and his dark endeavors. Uh, so she thought she would be cool uh, and accepted by the fellow goth peers if uh, she were to draw some satanic symbols. Now, one evening, she had a friend over, uh, someone that uh, she, I guess, was an extreme kind of like a Molly Mormon type. And if you don't know what that is, it's just someone that's like... Goody two-shoe. Yes, yes goody two-shoe. Um she saw that she had drawings and begged for her to get rid of them and to appease her. She agreed and threw the papers in the bin and then lit them on fire for dramatic effect. Uh, little did I she like know it. that the scene would be the beginning of the series of events. Now, um, she says the, the following events that she's listed um, because she's trying to recall what happened. Uh, and this all went on for about six and a half years um, that some of this stuff might be out of order. Um, 
but understandably. The, she says sometimes the the experiences were frequent and other times it was months would go by with uh, nothing. Now she says this is important. Her room, as she mentioned, was in the basement and her room was very small and it had a closet, but it wasn't an actual closet. It had the furnace and a water heater uh, slash softener in there. Uh, it had a light, but you couldn't turn it on by switch. It's one of those old ones where you had to reach in and pull the string to turn it on. Uh, and the string apparently was not that long. It was only about an inch. Um, she has no idea why it was long. She hated it. And, uh, she would have to stand on the, uh, her tiptoes and stretch her fingers to reach this cord to turn the light on. Uh, she says it didn't happen right away, but it suddenly got colder specifically in her room. Uh, she said she had to have four blankets and a heating blanket to keep warm, even during summer nights. Um, she would also wake up in the middle of the night to what sounded like scratching on the walls in the walls. Sorry. Um, she never thought twice about these things. At first, she thought that maybe she hadn't noticed how cold it actually was in the basement and that maybe this new, uh, newly built house uh, just had un- uh, was unfortunate to be having mice in it. Um, she says, these are all very plausible things. Having a dark entity come into my life never crossed her mind at the time or, or in her life. Um, I guess one day she had gone down into her room to find the closet door was wide open and the light was on. Uh, this wasn't at, at all... This uh, wasn't at all unusual, considering it had most of the home's resources in there. Um, she went to ask her mom if um, whoever did, or whoever was doing that, uh, was ever in there, had done it before. And I even, she said she even bothered turning off that light, only to hear that no one had gone in there. So basically, she asked, "Had anyone gone in there? Is this like a common thing?" And her mom basically said, "No, no one's gone in there." Um, so she tricked it off and thought maybe. Her mom just didn't know, and uh, she had forgot about all all about the incident until one night when she woke up from her cat growling. Uh, she opened her eyes, and she uh, the cat was on the bed next to her, but she was uh, tense and staring towards the closet. Now, when she looked, she noticed a glow coming from the other side, uh, and the light was on again. She grabbed her cat and went and slept on the couch, and the next morning, she told her grandfather about what had happened, and he went down uh, down into the room and prayed for about a half an hour. Uh, she said this helped for a while. Uh, every now and then, it would run, uh, every now and then the spirit or entity or whatever was in the room would kind of do something to remind her that it was there. She said one of the scariest moments during the, the this time was when she was in the eleventh grade. Um, she had gotten a really bad cold, the worst cold of her life, and she just got out of school and wanted nothing more to go home and get into bed. Uh, so she got home. She said she stumbled downstairs, looked at her bed, and she heard a voice say, "No, go upstairs and lay on the couch." And so she did, and about a ha- uh, an hour later, I guess she woke up to her mom screaming her name. Uh, she got up, walked to the stairs, and smelled smoke. And when she got to the downstairs, she found out that her electric blanket had been left on, and her bed caught on fire. Whoa. Um, from investigation, it was determined that the heating blanket malfunctioned, and um, she doesn't remember ever turning it on. Uh, she didn't want to sleep in her room for a long time after that, and she slept either on the couch or at her cousin's house. And she says, yes, I slept on the couch at the time. Um, there was one time that her brother and her were hanging out in her room, just talking when her dresser was suddenly pushed about two feet. Whoa. Um, when, when they started, uh, when they stared at it and uh, she asked uh, him for a validation, he confirmed and they quickly resumed their conversation, trying to pay whatever it was, no mind. So basically they just tried to ignore. Yeah. Out of sight, out of mind. Yeah, pretty much. So uh, shortly after that, uh, she had her sleep paralysis episode that we had talked about, um, and that's when her nightmares began. 
Uh, they only happened while she was sleeping at her house, and it was always the same. She was in a dark cavern, being chased by a horde of demon-like creatures. Uh, this is uh, then a woman would appear from the crowd, uh, ash skin, black eyes, and tar-like hair. Uh, she started. She would start attacking her, stabbing her in the stomach, and then she would wake up screaming and fighting. Um, then when she found out she was pregnant, uh, she was practically living at her aunt's house uh, at this point. But whenever she would go home to do laundry or whatever, as soon as she would get into the front door, uh, she'd get that stabbing pain in her stomach and she would vomit. Uh, everyone who witnessed this and knew what she had experienced urged her to move out. Um, which kind of brings that story to an end. So, hmm. as, yeah, once she, I guess once she moved out of that house, whatever that was there bothering her just kind of stayed there. And I don't know if there's any resolution because that's pretty much the end of the story. Interesting. So I don't know. I don't know if they're still living, if anyone's still living in that house that she knows of or, or whatnot. But um, uh, apparently that's when, when she moved out is when she stopped having issues. That's interesting. But uh, that, that's a really uh, fascinating story. Yes, it um, is. And I, I thank you for sharing this with us and allowing us to share this with uh, for everybody else. Yeah, I mean, some of the things she mentioned, I was like, I can see that. You know, are there are there mice in the walls? Um, is was it just bad uh, insulation that causes draftiness that no one really realized until you actually spent a lot of time down there? You're like, oh, she's kind of cold down here all the time. So I can kind of see where she was where she would mention that. You know, um, possible debunking. The dresser but moving two feet. The dresser no. moving, and then well, the heating <laughs> is, blanket is something that yeah, it could have been accidentally left on. But oh, the night before right. or something. But but it's when she got home and she heard a voice saying, "Go upstairs." Yes. Like like it was a spirit guide or someone there looking out for her. Mm-hmm. Like you knew told that her something to turn was going to happen. Blanket. They should well, have been like, "Turn off the blanket." Maybe. I'm just kidding. <laughs> but apparently, they just warned her to go upstairs. So. Yeah, leave the blanket on. Get some insurance. Because uh, you know she was she was sick and she was very tired, so maybe right. she wouldn't have been able to. Maybe the, the whoever told her to go upstairs didn't think that she'd be able to kind of comprehend or whatever. Right. Maybe they just thought going yeah. upstairs was the easier option. So, I mean, that that is pretty cool. It's nice to know that you had someone looking out for you. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm, I'm, I, I'm glad she had the validation that was it her brother that was with her. Yeah, yeah. saw the dresser. Yeah, I mean, that's that's significant for me. Like, if it's moving, I mean, you, I know you said two feet. Hard, maybe it's hard to judge. Even if it was one foot, though. Wow. Wow. I mean, dressers are, are not heavy. small. Yeah, they're they're heavy. pretty heavy. Yeah. So for it to move even a foot, like you said, is that's quite the amazing feat. I mean, if I was there and I saw, like, that's all. That's it. Just that's all you can move it, huh? Puss. Well, yeah, you you would now, but this was when no, she was I, like in high school. I would school. not. I would have freaked out. No, I would have ran out just like I always nope, did. Nope, I, Every time. I would have ran out. Yeah. <laughs> I would not have said anything. Okay, Zach. <laughs> Well, thanks for sharing. That is that is a nice story. I, yeah, we really appreciate you sharing your story. Um, that was it was a very fa- like it's a fascinating story, and like I'm sorry that you had to go through all that. And I wish yeah, that right, yeah. I wish that you know we were doing this back then. We could have helped you out, but um, I'm glad that things are good for you now. Yes, and, and if you have any situations like that where you're scared, feel free to reach out to us. We can do our best to help investigate and find answers for you. All right, so now let's talk about what is the episode about today. So this is something we've briefly talked about in a couple previous episodes on uh, the Haunted Museum and the Mm -hmm. Return of the Haunted Museum. And I I went back and listened to the Return of the Haunted Museum, and we briefly touched on it. We didn't really talk about it a whole lot. No. Um, You guys did have a chance to actually investigate this item, 
And we're talking about the supposed most haunted object in the world, the Dybbuk box. Dun, dun, dun. So for those of you that don't know what a Dybbuk is, I did mention on the previous episode that a Dybbuk is basically a Jewish demon. But after doing some more research, uh-huh. I'm not so sure that that's the case anymore. Okay. Well, yeah, Dybbuk doesn't mean demon. It means like a unattached spirit. Yeah, basically it means to, to cling Dybbuk is like a, a Hebrew word. And that's a, the other thing I noticed. I, I'm like Jewish writing. It's Hebrew. I'm a dumbass. Um, so uh, basically it's it's Hebrew for like to cling or something like that. Okay. Um, so what the, uh, I guess in Jewish folklore, uh, the Dybbuk, um, in, in some websites I was reading, they say it was possibly a demon. Some say it's basically just a, a wandering soul of a, a deceased person. They had, like, unfinished business. Okay. And they basically, like, cling or attach themselves to somebody uh, until they can, until, one, they either f- uh, finish whatever business that they're trying to finish or they are uh, go through some sort of exorcism and they're removed, the attachment's removed. Um, now, if it is a demonic spirit, yes, it, it possibly can possess somebody. Okay. If it is a human spirit, from my experience and my knowledge, this is from what I believe, being a human spirit a human spirit cannot possess another human spirit from what I understand. And I could be wrong there, but that's just what I've been Unless taught. Unless you're what... Patrick Swayze. He has a pass. Patrick Swayze gets yes. a pass. Yeah, he sure does because he makes a clay pot. Well, Whoopi let him in. Whoopi's like, come on, get in some of this. Patrick hopped in there and was all, let's touch some Demi more. Another yes. story of a Patrick. Another Patrick. Another beautiful Patrick. <laughs> yes, but unfortunately, he's just deceased. He's a real ghost. Now. Was he he's beautiful a... or what? He was. <laughs> All the Patricks are beautiful. <laughs> Patrick Stewart. Yes. That's uh, a beautiful man. Yeah, he is. Bald is beautiful. Make it, make it so. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, another thing that I read, and I thought this, you guys might find this interesting, because when I mentioned on the, the other episode where I felt like the Dybbuk was more... Um, kind of like interested or wanted to go after the women okay. in the room more. Yeah. Um, some of the things I read basically uh, kind of agreed with that. So this this one article says, basically it says, uh, most frequently the unfortunate person who the Dybbuk possesses was a woman. Hmm. And I found this out today during some research and it just kind of validated that feeling that I got. Um, that a Dybbuk usually targets women. So I went back and watched the movie The Possession today. Okay. Um, now, thinking back on the movie, every single person that seemed to be affected by it was all women. And that, that movie was based on a Dybbuk box. On the on Dybbuk the, box. Oh, yes, right. So, right. so for those of you who don't know, Possession is a 2012 movie. Um, the Both the owners, the main uh, owners that you hear about on this Dybbuk box, um, and their names, I'm drawing a blank. Um, Manus and... Kevin Manus and... Kevin Ho- and... Um, Jason Hawthorne? Yes, there's the H. Something J- like Jason, whatever. Those, those two guys. They actually consulted Haxton. on this. Jason Haxton. And uh, Kevin Manis, they actually consulted on this film. And I believe the Dybbuk box has been um, the topic of a couple other movies. I don't remember the names of those right now. But the main one was The Possession of 2012. And, yeah, I'd have to go back and watch that. But I know that 
the the main person that like gets the box and it focuses on that is, little girl. is the little girl. But do you remember in the very beginning when they have that yard sale, she gets it because the old lady who it starts off with her staring at it and all of a sudden she oh, just starts yeah. getting contorted and thrown yeah, against the yeah, wall yeah. and then she's like she didn't die from it, but her son is like selling off all her belongings, most likely gonna put her in a home. I don't know. But anyways, uh the the family that little girl finds that there they're selling all her stuff and she, the little girl finds that and wants to take it home and the old lady's in the hospital like not in her bed like hospice style looking out the window seeing that little girl with the dibbit box and she slams the window no all bandaged up and messed up from getting bloodied and beat up by the dibbit box mm. um so this part was crazy in the movie was that these women it showed, I think it showed a couple different women in the movie get seriously injured. One got killed. One got seriously injured just from being near the box. And then you, like, contort and get thrown against the wall. And, yeah, it was – that part was just like, come on. Yeah. So this is like, so anybody near the box, the box can just start crushing people and throwing them against walls <laughs> and shit. Although the it did have a lot of energy coming off the box, which we – Got to investigate and see all the energy coming off the box, and it's still. You're talking about real life, in yeah. real, the real life, life box. Yeah, the one yeah. that's currently located at. But the I mean, Museum. the one that the same one that they're talking about in the yeah. movie, though. Um, being able to investigate it and see that there is a lot of energy on it, and it can put off a lot of energy, is really cool. But not crinkle you up in a ball and throw you against a wall, kind of <laughs> energy. Yeah, <no. laughs> well, you, didn't piss, you didn't piss it off that day. Should we have? <laughs> no. <laughs> Should have touched it. You can't touch it. No, you can't glass. now because it's behind like a box, a glass box, and yeah. then a bigger glass box. With salt and, rings and sage. And Hebrew written on the glass. Yep. Um, I do know that I, I talked to uh, Brandy Zach. about it a little bit. I talked to Zach too. Um, <laughs> of course. But whatever they did with that, that it has contained it very well. Um, and I'll just straight up say like right now that it, it is a haunted object. There is a spirit attached to it. And from what Brandy could tell, it was not human. Yeah, I think mm. I'm pretty sure most likely when they start off making Dybbuk boxes, like you said, like they were for attachments and stuff like that. But sometimes attachments could be a, like a type three, like a non-human spirit. Yeah. And so what I thought was interesting, I was watching this uh, YouTube video of this girl that was complaining about the whole Dybbuk box thing and how it doesn't make sense because a Dybbuk possesses uh, people. And yeah, that's true. And she's like, well, if it possesses people, then how is it trapped in a box? And it's like, clearly you don't understand how the paranormal works. Uh, because, like, take Annabelle, for example. Mm-hmm. Like, it obviously was trying to possess a human, right? But it's attached to a doll. So I don't know that it's like the doll. I don't know that the debut box is possessed, per se. Right. But it's, it, just it, contained. it's attached. It's yeah. attached to the box. Um, well, I think it's, it's not that in. it's attached to it. It's trapped inside of it. Encased in it. I think it is now with all that stuff they put around it. Well, no, the, and the, the the real story about this the the lady that uh, that owned it before she sold it to Manus, or however, however that worked out. But um, I remember didn't didn't she in in the story didn't she say there's a be careful there's a dibic inside. Yes. So he bought it from a the granddaughter. So the story goes he bought it from a granddaughter of a. A Holocaust survivor. Manus, right? Yeah, Manus. Yeah. Um, he, uh, the Holocaust survivor named uh, Havelia, 
Uh, apparently she escaped from Nazi-occupied Poland uh, and then went to Spain where she got the box and she lived to be 103. Mm-hmm. And I guess they were having like an estate sale or something. Uh, she only brought like three items from Spain over to the U.S. with her and the Dybbuk box was one of them. Which was a wine case. Yeah, it was a wine case. I'm guessing for picnics or taking them to to travel, I guess. I don't know. I wonder what, oh, I'm not sure what a wine case is. Yeah, I think that's what it was for, like picnic like picnic wine. Yeah. Yeah, a good old picnic wine. Or if wine. you're going to like a, like a, someone's house for dinner and you just want to you know, bring a bottle of wine, I guess, you carry it in a wine case. So, yeah, like you said, um, when he bought it, I guess the lady said, oh, I see you're buying the debut box. And uh, apparently Manus So she it. named it. She named it. So I guess he said he wasn't familiar with the term. Um, but they basically told her or told him that he always needed to keep it shut to never open it. Because there was a Dybbuk inside. Yes, because there was a Dybbuk inside. So the name Dybbuk box isn't really referring to the box itself, but actually that there's a Dybbuk trapped inside of a box. Yeah, basically because it's a wine box. Mm-hmm. But it, it can be any kind of box. It can be any kind of box. I've seen an actual... but So that Dybbuk box at the museum was actually the second Dybbuk box I've ever seen. The first one was actually a small like cigar box that had like wax uh, sealed all over around it. Um... The guy that made that like got freaked out by what he made, so he actually sent it to my friend Jimmy in California for her to hang on to. Hmm. Um, so I guess the whole idea behind Manus buying this box is he was going to restore it and give it to his mom for her birthday, which he did. Because I told him, don't open it, and he said, mm, I'm going to open it. <laughs> yeah. So there's pictures online of him opening it. There's pictures online of Jason Hack's Thorn opening Haxton. it. Haxton. There's pictures of him with it open. Haxton even had like a replica of the box made. Um, hmm. This is what I don't get. When they open it and let it out, how are they able to like contain it back in there? Is it just like this, hanging out and staying around? This yeah, this is where I'm confused because when Manus trapped in unless there, it is like, attached. When when Manus gave it to his mom, his uh-huh. mom actually opened it. Mm-hmm. And she said she felt a cold chill and she felt what she describes as pure evil coming out of the box. Right. And shortly after opening the box, she suffered a stroke. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was shortly after that, I guess, um, he decided to sell it on eBay. Uh, the, the second, the person that bought it from him only had it for a few months and then reposted it on eBay and then it got into Jason Haxlorn's hands. And... He basically took the box, put it in a military-grade box, and then buried it in his yard. And it stayed underground for, like, 10 years or so. Um, Reports are that anyone that came in contact with the box uh, would have problems with their eyesight. They would feel violently ill, and they would, like, feel like they're choking. And they would just have... There was other symptoms and stuff that would happen for people that came in contact with this box, which is why the Jason guy uh, buried it in his yard. Hmm. Uh, and then eventually this thing ended up in the hands of Zach Bagans. For an undisclosed amount of money. For an undisclosed amount of money. Yes. And when they when they gave it to him, um, don't play that stupid thing. Ghosty don't play that. Ghosty don't, don't play, play that. that. That's the interview of um, Manus' mom talking about when she opened the box. Uh, so... Watching it's like Zach Baggins, the Ghost Adventures, like Deadliest Possessions. And actually, they have Kevin Manis and Jason Haxthorn on Haxton. there. Haxton. I'm going to say Haxthorn every time. You know, that's, wrong. <laughs> that's okay. I'm just going to call him Jason. 
Jason yeah. actually is, they show him walking in, giving Zach the box and talking about the box and explaining like, this is how I know that he like buried it and all that. And that military gate case. And then they bring Kevin in and Kevin talks about the, his experience with the box and then it gets to the point where they have the box down in the basement. And this mm-hmm. is before they redid it to the way it is now. Because this was 2016. Okay. Um, they have Kevin go down into the basement by himself. And they tell him, they, they brought a, they had him bring a trigger object to see if it would interact with this trigger object. And the trigger object looked like a little, like a little box with like a tree and roots underneath it. Hmm. And they set it on top of the dick box. And right off the bat, Kevin opens the box right there. Oh, okay. Um, which which is why it baffles me about the whole quarantine episode of opening the box. Because yeah, it's yeah. been open in the museum before. Because that's the, literally the first thing this Kevin guy did. Was <laughs> open the box. And they even point that out. Like, he's like, oh, he just went straight for it and opened it up. <laughs> and then he starts he starts acting all weird, right? And he um, goes and faces the wall. And then he starts quoting this weird... Thing he just starts spitting out these words, right? Okay. And it's confusing Zach and Aaron and everybody that's watching because they're watching from the security camera. Okay. And um, he just starts saying all this weird stuff, and they don't know what the hell is going on. They think he's like saying some incantation to like bring the spirit out of the box. Okay. Um. So they basically they go down and get him and and bring him out, and he's like, I don't. He's like, he's like, I, I just felt really anxious around the box. I didn't like being around it. And then, then uh, that episode kind of just, they, oh, they take him, they take it to a synagogue. They take it to a, uh, a rabbi. Uh-huh. Um, and they're asking the rabbi about the box and they're like, what do you know about the deep box? And he's like, just the same thing everybody does that you can find on the internet. Um, <laughs> and, and when you're watching this, they have the deep box there open in the synagogue open, like I said, and the two guys are standing next to it and Kevin managed to start coughing uncontrollably. And he's, you can see that he's sweating and nobody else in the building is sweating. Huh. Keep in mind, Kevin is a larger man too, which in my opinion could cause you to sweat. <laughs> um, so they like break for him to get water. And Zach, literally like this part of the episode ends with Zach saying, I'm worried about the way you guys talk about this box and the way that you guys are fascinated with this box. And then it literally ends and next thing you know, they're talking about Robert the doll. Um, <laughs> completely different kind of thing. So it's just, the way they ended it was weird. Um, now fast forward four years to the quarantine episode that we were just watching. Mm-hmm. What I found interesting is that they get the guy on Skype, Kevin Manis, and the, he's sitting there telling him like, okay, that he could die. He could die. Well, so they say he's given Zach a second Dybbuk box and he adds to this, this story of this Dybbuk box, right? So he's got a second Dybbuk box and Zach says, what happens if I open them both at the same time? And the guy says, you will die. You can um, die. You can die. Um, and he starts talking about how, the Dybbuk, um, the two boxes are representing of the, the ten uh, parts of the Kabbalah Tree of Life, right? Where, like, the big wine cabinet was the top part of the tree, and then the smaller Dybbuk oh, box was the Oh, no, there the was roots. supposed to be, like, ten, there's ten boxes. Yeah, the ten and boxes represent the, yes, the ten so there's only parts ten... of the Kabbalah's Tree of Life. Right. So, the, like I said, the first, the wine cabinet was the top. The other one was the root cabinet, or root box that represents the bottom of the tree. And supposedly this guy has the other, like six of the other 10 boxes were given to him by random people. And there's still two boxes out there in the world somewhere. And they're all 10 combined encompass evil. Yeah. So apparently like 
this this old Jewish lady that's escaped from Poland. Her and her friends supposedly like saved the world. Uh, and well, trapped uh, evil well, they in were trying. Boxes. They were trying oh. to do something, and they unleashed this evil into the world. And then they trapped it into ten different boxes and sent them to all corners of the earth. And that they think that the this apparently this old Jewish lady thought that a lot of the the bad natural disasters that happened were because of this evil that was contained in these boxes, like like the war in um, Cabal. And so like where do a, I rent this movie at? I want to see it's it. It's called <laughs> The Jew in the Ten Boxes. <laughs> I mean, this actually does sound like a great movie. Right? Plot line. I mean, yeah, honestly. I know. This, this, this plot sounds great. I, I really like it. I'm really digging this. We unleashed evil along, amongst the earth, and we, we trapped them in ten boxes and sent all ten. Why can't they just use one and just... Or right. Two. It ten. sounds a lot like Harry Potter, the yeah. Deathly Hollows, the Seven Horcruxes. Yeah, like um, I'm digging this story. But basically, like if they were to get all ten boxes together and open all ten boxes at the same time, the world would see like an evil that it's never seen before. Um, dun dun dun! <laughs> I don't buy it. I just don't. So here's the thing: I'd like to open all ten of these now. I don't know that there's ten. I don't know I this don't guy know. that actually has six no, boxes. No, I don't think there's this even exists. I think this is all bullshit and so. That, they just had another box. So, so like I said, he's got this the two boxes, right? And you see him open both boxes in the quarantine episode, right? Great. Now, mm-hmm. if if the one thing that this girl did point out in her YouTube video, and this is why I went and watched both these episodes. So, the trigger object that Kevin brought with him in the 2016 episode and put on top of the dig was box that box was the second, the supposed second Dybbuk box. <laughs> so, in 2016, it was just a trigger trigger object, but four years later, it's a Dybbuk box. Yeah, bull. Yeah, I call bullshit. Call well, bullshit. Here's here's where it gets even better. Kevin Manis is a recording artist and a writer. Okay. He has come out and said, "This was on a post from October twenty fourth, two thousand fifteen. So before he was ever on his on, Facebook. On his Facebook. This is before he was ever on Zach Baggins show. And on the Zach Baggins show, you saw that he was very adamant that this thing is real, right?" He says, I am the original creator of the story of the Dybbuk box, which appeared as one of my eBay posts back in 2003. The idea that Dybbuk boxes have some kind of history prior to my story, and the idea that a Dybbuk box could contain anything other than a Dybbuk along with any deviation to the type of content I created to be found inside of a Dybbuk box is laughable at best. How about this? If you or anyone else can find any reference to a Dybbuk, uh, box anywhere in history prior to my eBay post, I'll pay you $100,000 and tattoo your name on my forehead. Interesting. So this article that I, I sent to you guys, this is actually, someone says he interviewed Kevin Manis and Jason uh, Haxton mm-hmm. and Zach Baggins. Um, apparently this guy straight up told the, the that journalist. he invented this. That he invented the story. It's completely fake. Or did and he then, invent the? Um, he says like the Hebrew. He invent the story behind it, or did he? Was this actually like a real object that he got, and then just invented the fabricated the? Well, see, it's story it's it said it. that um, he bought and gave it, it the name the Dybbuk box. It said that he did buy it from a, a yard sale, but it, he bought it from a lawyer, not from some granddaughter of a Holocaust. Because I wonder if because it wouldn't matter who he bought it from, because that wouldn't make the difference. It's the matter of. Is this box actually like what it is actually had what it was in it, like, but just didn't have a name to it, and he just gave it that name? Maybe. 
Because like I said, well, it, it kind of like, would matter because he says he bought it from a, the granddaughter of a holocaust survivor, and that granddaughter said, "This is a Dybbuk box. Don't open it." But he, uh, the other story is that he just bought it from some lawyer that he just thought it was a cool wine box. Um, they've some people have actually done some research into this, and they claim that uh, the box had never seen Spain. They say it was just a mini bar that was made in New York in the 1950s. <laughs> um, but yeah, this this Kevin uh, Manis guy basically said he fabricated the whole story. Apparently, he is actually Jewish, and he does uh, study the Kabbalah or Kabbalahism, if that's the right term. Um, I think it's so, Kabbalah. Which, which is funny because the uh, Haxton guy thinks that maybe he did get it and there was nothing attached to it, but this guy. The Kevin Manis manifested whatever is attached to the box. When or where this thing got an attachment, I have no idea. But from our experience, <coughs> I can tell you, yeah, there is a spirit attached to this box. Yeah, and it wasn't that I could sense like a spirit per se, but more of just the energy that was coming off of it. But there's definitely something going on with this box. Yes. Yeah, I mean, the, the energy was pumping out. And not just like energy that you can feel, but energy that we could record with a scientific device yeah because like as i was egging it on it was getting stronger it was pretty cool well and they do show that in the quarantine episode um again i don't know why they made a big deal about opening the box because like, everyone said, keeps opening it. in the 2016 <laughs> episode they straight up show kevin manis opening the box <laughs> and you know i talked about how he just started spitting out these random weird words and stuff um come to find out like i said he is a writer and it's a short story slash poem that he had wrote uh, about four years before this, so like in 2012, he just basically... He's given himself a free plug. He Yeah, he just started. And from what I was reading in this article, um, Kevin didn't know that they were recording. He went down to the basement by himself. He didn't know that they were recording him with a security camera. Because mm-hmm. at one point he even says, like, he starts just randomly talking. He's like, I don't know if you guys can hear me or not, but I got something important I need to tell you. And then he didn't hear from Zach or anybody. So I think then he just started quoting his... His poem, mm. and um, from it's called the uh, the Shadow Man Part One, I believe. Um, and he just he basically started uh, quoting quoting one of his own. Probably just works like apart. a nervous thing. Yeah, yeah. So this mm. this random stuff that he started spitting out was something that he had written four years prior. And they to made it sound like he's being possessed. Well, they they were saying that like he was. Talk, doing some kind of like ritualistic incantation to invoke the Dybbuk. Mm-hmm. And really, it was, just a, it was just a poem that he had written. But di- uh, the Dybbuk in, in uh, Judaism is a real thing. Yeah. And um, I, I mean, I guess you could. I mean, I don't know. You know, I don't know Judaism, but I, I, I'm, I'm, I guess, I'm wondering if you could actually, you know, trap a spirit in, in a device. So what's that? Did you guys ever watch that one show on Travel Channel where these this group of paranormal investigators were trying to trap spirits into oh, devices? Oh, those hillbillies! Yeah. Oh, that was hard to watch. Yeah, I know. And then exactly they got another show they, afterwards. They, they had some box show. that they put a crystal like, in, and they were like saying, "Oh, they, they were every episode was it. something new. Every episode was some kind of new device." All right, here's what we're gonna do. We're gonna get the spirit to come over here and say boo and it, when it says boo we're gonna get a trap door to open on it and it's gonna fall in here and we're gonna fill up with water even ghosts can't swim so it's gonna drown <laughs> that's hilarious <laughs> so it's like with that, what's that ghostbuster device that actually traps the ecto- i don't remember what these what <laughs> these guys like, were called what the show was but fear I, nate no was it 
it wasn't Fear Nation. It was Hillbilly Hand Fishing Ghost. Hillbilly Ghost Fishing. I, I can't remember what it was called. It's That's not funny. even worth it. It's just like it was horrible. Is what it, was it was terrible. And yeah. But they always claimed that they could trap ghosts. I remember. And every this episode was the fail. It was hilarious because at the end of the episode, like, no, we didn't catch it this time. No, we definitely got it. And then it would show them take it back to their their hideout, their little hut in the woods. Yeah, they go run. It's trapped in this here bowling ball. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, they always the bowling like, ball back to the shed. All right, we're gonna crack this open. We're gonna get this ghost out of here. They do the reveal, and there's all oh, it's there's nothing. We didn't get it. <laughs> yeah, I'm like I'm not so confused what they're trying to do with this. Trapping a spirit, I don't, I don't get it. Yeah, and then every episode they're scratching. I don't get it. Why? I don't know how it didn't work. <laughs> I don't know why I keep losing my teeth either. Backwards from Alabama. <laughs> Sorry to all of our Alabama fans. So this, so this Kevin Manis gentleman sounds a little on the suspect side. Well, he is a he is an author. He's a writer. Mm-hmm. And so he, he sounds suspect. But straight up says that he fabricated, fabricated the whole yeah. story. But the fact that a Dybbuk is a real thing, and I don't see why you wouldn't be able to trap uh, an evil Dybbuk in a box. And then this particular one has some crazy energy off of it. It's interesting. Now, I'm not saying it's not possible to trap or attach an entity to an object. Uh-huh. These hillbillies, obviously, we're going about it the wrong way. Sure. But, like, in the case of the Dybbuk that my friend Jimmy has... Uh, this guy like actually looked it up online, followed like the supposed like ritual or incantations or exactly what you needed to do to conjure Dybbuk and trap it into a box. And when this guy did everything step by step, including like collecting sand or whatever from Jerusalem, like he did everything that he found online that said how to create a Dybbuk box. Wow. Uh, apparently some weird shit started happening and that's when he contacted Jimmy and he's like, um, I want you to have this and and uh, basically gave it to her for free. He just did not want this thing anymore. And that's the one that we saw at the paranormal convention like three years ago. And what is, what is, does, does she say anything about it? So we did get a chance to, I didn't investigate it, but I did see the box and there was definitely some sort of energy coming off of it. Hmm. However, I felt that her Popo the Killer Clown doll was more um, active, like more of a threat, I guess, than the Dybbuk box was. That might be another episode. Popo? Mm-hmm. Yeah, we can do that. Popo. Popo the killer clown doll. So apparently Dybbuk can kill people. I don't know. Like, like The research you did on mm-hmm. Dybbuk themselves, anything you read about them, like are they are they mischievous or like what's... what's... Malevolent. Oh, they're malevolent. Yes. That's not good. Um, I think that was actually on one of those um, Jewish websites. That I was looking at. Are you on those Jewish dating yep. sites? It's on Jewish dating sites for Dybbuk. Is um, that your handle? Yeah. Dybbuk Buster. Dybbuk Buster <laughs> 103. Because there's 102 ahead of me. Um, no. But yeah, they're, they're malevolent spirits. Okay. They're not okay. nice. All right. If that's what you're asking. Yeah, I'm just curious if it's you don't want to make friends relatable. with one. Because you hear things like about leprechauns, like some seem like oh they're just they're just little pranksters, and some are like no they're they're pretty they're pretty bad. They're trying to hurt people that like come in their don't touch shire. their gold. Don't touch their gold. <laughs> so I was just curious if there's any like stories behind Dibbix, like their personalities. 
But malevolent, that's not. It sounds not like well, well, some of the stuff I read. It basically sounds like a, a if you just Jewish. have an attachment, you just throw your attachment in a box. Yep. And what, then your attachment and, could be a uh, well, it could a, be a human spirit or it could be an unhuman spirit. But I think those are the ones that have issues. There's probably ten of them out there. There's only ten of them out 10 there. Ten original Divic boxes. Everything else it's a is a just a fake. <laughs> yeah, the, yeah, I mean I found a bunch of YouTube videos and it was, you know, people trying to open up Divic boxes and you can buy, I think oh, you can buy them on eBay. Okay. Did you I, see I was about to say I can go on eBay. Did right you now. see this Look. one episode where this guy opened it was uh, he did a YouTube video where he opened up div- a divot box, and then crazy stuff started happening in his apartment as he was opening it, like the behind him, as he was sitting there recording oh, himself. Yes. Uh, I did not see that. There was a like a frame that lifted up and off the wall. Yes, I did see that. And then something and else. This happened guy has actually has a few videos. This guy has a few. videos. Yeah, he has a bunch of videos. He's a pretty big YouTube following. Yeah, that's why he did this. Like he like this is the type of shit he does. So this was one of his videos he did, and when he filmed it, all that weird shit happened, and he ran out. But it is hard to say that maybe he could have staged all this just for the for the for views, the views and the yeah. likes. Um, and then. But he was even on that paranormal caught on camera show on Travel Channel and talked about it there. Tried to make it sound like he, you know, that was all real. But who knows? Nobody knows. Okay, so I'm on, I'm, I'm on eBay. Are and, you going to buy one? Uh, I just bought one. I was kidding. There's a ton of these. Yeah. Uh, you want to hear a couple of stories? Oh, these God. are the descriptions. These are descriptions. These are so. If you go to eBay right now and you search "dibit box," guess what you're going to find? Some dibit boxes for sale. So here's somebody's one. just capitalizing on other people's stupidity. Yeah. Here's one, and it looks just like a little chest, a little burned around the edges, a little, a little, a little effect there. Um, here's here's the description. This must go. This is the most heinous and vile box I've owned. This box came from upstate New York and was discovered in the 50s. The house it came from burned down by the wife with her and her husband inside. With singed edges around the box. Perfectly singed edges. The box survived. After she found him having an affair, she went mentally ill and decided to end her life and the life of her husband. The wife practiced witchcraft and was said that she cast a spell on her husband before the burning. Like how this is beautifully written. It's too. very well. I cast a spell for on description. you. And now you're mine. He, he, he knows a lot about this. Or this person knows a lot about this. Well, this box that was found in the 50s. Yeah. She also put a spell on herself in order for her to forever haunt the woman her husband had an affair with. This box is pure evil. That sounds like some petty bullshit right there. Yeah. I have never witnessed so much dark and vile. That's the second time they use that word vile. Activity before in my life. This box is kept under glass or outside of my home. This is not a toy or game. The activity is real and heavy. Mm-hmm. Laughter is heard along with constant cold spots, dark mist figure, and emotional attachments. How much do these cost? Hold on. This has the ability to attach itself onto others. How did it know that? This box here is... If it has the ability to attach to others, then why is it still on the box? Yeah. It's only $100. $100 plus $15 for shipping. Let me see that. Let me see that. Picture. Zoom it in. Look Hold on. Let me see your phone. Okay. So, and the here's the interesting thing is, um, I don't know about you. I, I don't know that this is an actual, like, Dybbuk box, but there is 
some energy I'm feeling just off of the view of the camera. And I don't know what it is, to be honest with you. But it's a cat. It could be. It's a cat hanging out in the bushes. That's possible. <laughs> shit but I the yeah, there's not. I don't think there's any spirit attached to that. Yeah. So there's some there's some interesting stuff here. Some interesting dipping boxes. What's the like return policy on this? Here's one. Just it just says wooden box sealed with wax. Darkness within. Your soul to tax. Don't do Little not open rhyme. dead inside. Dig box. Yeah. 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 Let me talk about when Zach opened the box. Okay. Like they they had their static meter and they put it all around the box before they opened it and they got nothing. And then after they opened it, they said that the temperature of the box went up like six degrees on the thermal camera. And then their static meter is going off all around the box. The, uh, what's it called? The one voice that came through wasn't even a voice. It was like a yeah, it just static like, uh, they, clip. They, like they, a, yeah, they were, they were like using... It, like, it said Kevin! So they they were using something similar to a spirit box. I can't remember what it was called. Right. Um, but they're like, oh my God, it said Kevin. And it just sounded like a little yeah, blip in it's, the, it's like the a white noise. It's Kevin. That said Kevin... I thought it was interesting when they're like, before he opens it, he just looks at Aaron. He's like, shut up. Don't say that. Why are you talking? And Aaron's like, I didn't say anything. The overacting. Overacting. Was just so, always so over. It's terrible. always bad. It's always bad. Like, he picks up the box and starts walking around the museum with it. No, what, what, uh, who was it that was fainting? Aaron. Aaron. Aaron passed out. I blacked out. He, as he gradually, slowly makes his way to the carpet and... and Lays down carefully. And Zach's I like, I out. didn't even notice or care that Aaron was passed out on the floor. And it's like, dude, lay down to take a nap. What are you talking about? Yeah, you look like you laid down real easy. I wouldn't care either. <laughs> and then he's like telling Billy to touch the box. He's like, touch it. Touch the box. I know. That's such a... Sniff it. Sniff the base of it. <laughs> so last week I watched this uh, spoof movie called The Haunted House 2 with uh, Sean Wayne's. Yeah. And they were spoofing the Dippick box, and they had the, the like the girl in the bedroom, and she has her box that she found at the house, and the box starts talking to her, and she's like, it's like um, Megan or whatever the, the girl's name was. She's like, Megan, it's me, your box. And she's like, oh okay. And he's like, I want you to touch me, and she reaches down and starts touching herself. And he's like, wrong box. <laughs> your box. <laughs> that was so bad. If you want some some interesting little stories, go 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 search uh, Dipic Box on eBay. There's some great stories in these descriptions. Oh, jeez. Yeah, there's, they, 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 like they are know long. they know the the past on these. Yeah, like like they lived it themselves. <laughs> right, just like Kevin Manis. Yeah, just like he lived it. his. It's like over the course of like 20 years here, he's um, he just keeps adding to the story on where <laughs> this thing came from and the other Dipic boxes and. Like I said, this guy is a like a professional writer. This is what he does. It's funny how all these big boxes though, they all look like they're just like you too know, fancy. Just, no, no, they look they look like in bad shape. Like I why isn't why isn't there some fancy boxes? Right? Why do they all have to look so beat up and weathered? Yes, exactly. So like to get, make it spooky. Like like this one has nails around it that were half hammered into the side and then and then folded over on over the lid. That's these, how you sell it. These in. nails. That's yeah. how you seal it in. That's why you see a lot of them that have the red wax on it. That's how you seal it in. With nails that are half, yeah, half nailed in. Mm-hmm. That's that's what keeps the dibic inside. 
Stainless There's like steel. a plethora of Jewish demons running around that are trapped in boxes now. Yes. If they're actually demons. But like you, I said, some websites say they're demons. Some say they're just wandering restless souls of a living person. Did you hear, did you hear like, about these before Kevin Manis' dipping boxes? I never about? did. Exactly. I never did until that. Nope, but I'm going to... No, that one came from the 50s, so... Yeah. So I think yeah, I think tell. all these other ones, this, people are just like, oh, look, it's famous and fun, so let's make a Dybbuk box and sell it. Yeah, there's a bunch of yeah. schmoes that are on YouTube that, that will just gobble these up for hundreds of dollars. And then open it on their YouTube channel. Yeah. Oh, inside the original Dybbuk box. Well, I guess Kevin opened it the first time. There was like two pennies from like 1928 or something like that. And then like some stone or something that said Shalom on it. Um, and then there was hair in there. Apparently, like, the stone, that's, like, one of the things that Kevin does. Like, I guess he put that in there. That's, like, one of his signature moves. One of his mm. friends um, apparently knew. There was, like, two of his friends knew that he was going to do all this. And one of his friends donated the hair. So the uh, hair came from one of his friends, apparently. There's a dried rose. Yeah. This is all just all sorts of weird stuff in there. And, like I said, I don't know where. But this, no wine. No Damn wine. It. No. No mini bar. Nothing. But Man. yeah, I don't know. It's there's definitely something attached to the box. There is energy. But there's something on the there box. now. Whether it was really there or if it was just fabricated story, there is some energy happening with that big box. Well, and it's, Museum. it's possible. Like there could have originally been nothing, and then you just focus so much energy into this thing that you create something. You put your own energy into it. It's like I asked uh, my friend Jimmy once about uh, Zozo. Which is supposedly like the worst demon of all time. And her response basically was it's the rubber ducky demon. Um, so basically you take you can take a rubber duck and you put you manifest your energy, you put so much energy into this and you get people believing that this this item has something possessed to it that it actually becomes something. Hmm. So it's possible, like I don't know, I think I would have to see old pictures of the box when I first got it to see if there's like any energy on it then. Or if this is just something because it's been given so much attention that it's manifested this energy over the years. Interesting. I just don't know. Interesting. What do the viewers and listeners think? Yes, tell us what you think, David. Um, <laughs> not Dave Ward. Not Dave that was on the show, but another Dave. Tell us what you think, though. What you think about David Box, what you think it is. Or if, you, if there's something we missed that uh, enlighten us, like, like so we're just going off of kind of what we know. Mm-hmm. So if we've missed something, uh, let us know. Yes, call us out. Well, or if we're pretty accurate, confirm it. <laughs> we like that validation. Just don't go out, buy one, and put it on YouTube. Like yeah. The EVPers told us to. No, yeah, we didn't. No, don't, don't, we, don't, we, but sh- if you don't want we to. I would like to see it. <laughs> I want the whole story. Too. Yeah, I want to hear the story behind it, and I want to see you open it. I want to hear. But it. do it on your own accord, not because I asked you to, because you wanted to. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Consent, please. <laughs> All right, should we call that then? Yes, I think so. All right. Well, thanks for listening and watching. Go see them play that. Peace out, butterflies. Ooh. <laughs>